In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the guys are talking with Nancy Conrad of the Conrad Challenge. We've also got the East Initiative update, all of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Welcome to the show. Hope you're uh, doing well out there. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening. We've got a great show for you today. A great show. Today is a really exciting show. Yeah, it is very cool. I think you're going to be really intrigued um, about the, what our guest is going to tell us about because it's it's some really cool stuff. And our guest has got some great stories um, about her life and you know the, the really exciting stuff. Uh, you know, just got me all excited. I don't know about you, but you're chomping at the bit, and our listeners are like, "Well, just get I, to it." Man. I want to tell you what it was, but right after this commercial, no, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, forget the banter. We're jumping straight into the interview. You know, talking about commercials, I've been thinking about putting in one of those TV type EQ systems so that when our commercials on, they're like really loud. <laughs> No, wow, you just blew out half our yeah, audience. Like, What's going on? You scare me. I just waking you up on the road. Hope that drive time's going good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hope you didn't spill your coffee in your lap. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, hey, I hope things are going great out there. Um, I think most of the country is back at it and back in the classroom and back going to school and... Are there schools still out there that don't go until after like September, oh, Labor Day, or whatever? I don't know. That would be great. Hey, listen, if you're one of those schools, <laughs> yeah, tweet out to us. Send us a direct message on Twitter, or just email us. Yeah, go down to the website www.edutechguys.com. Drop down to the bottom of the page, and there's a contact form there. Let us know when you start school. It'd be interesting to know across the country which schools start after Labor Day. Is that right? Yeah. 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 After that. And or if you're an all year school, are there are there are there are there are there are there are are there year round schools? You know, there are some Labahama year round schools out there. You didn't think I get that right, did you? But uh, well, that was good. Jeff's got a keen ear. It's not a very smart game, but he's got a keen ear. That's what. <laughs> well, that's why you were in band, a band director for as long as you were, and currently play. So there you go. What are you talking about? Your keen are you keen ear. The musicians are dumb. No, I'm saying you have a keen ear. Oh, a keen ear. Keen ear. A keen ear. That sounds like a Like Greg Keenear, like the actor. Is Greg Keenear? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't I, get that reference. It must be before my time. No, Greg Kinnear, the actor. Can he? Can he hear? I don't know. I don't know. Do you hear what I hear? I don't know. <laughs> the sound of silence as everybody That's, switches yeah, off the podcast. Like, what are they These guys are not edutech people. <laughs> We really are edutech people. I've per, currently I'm still wearing a 78 Casio calculator watch. 
I actually um, was reprimanded for wearing one of those. In yeah, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. How dare you bring a calculator on your wrist, yeah. you yes. cheater? Yes. You're, you can't have a calculator. You're not going to have a calculator with you everywhere you go in the future. When we built this building, we used a T square, young man. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Don't you forget it. Yeah. Exactly. When you do your taxes, you're going to need trigonometry and a T square. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better have an abacus with you also. I had an abacus, but the doctor gave me some medicine. <laughs> we have one of those cute dog short hair. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, listen, we are going to have a great show for you today. But first, a little commercial, and we'll be right back with our guest after this. You're listening to edutechguys.com. Don't just listen to us. Bring us into your district today for cool, exciting professional development. We'll teach you and your students how to take podcasting to the next level and use it to reach your classroom and to reach the world. Reach out to us on Twitter at EduTechGuys or head over to EduTechGuys.com. Scroll down on the page and fill out the form and we'll be in touch. Bring EduTechGuys to your school. Hey, welcome back to the EduTechGuys. We're really excited to have our next guest with us. We're going to let her tell us who she is and where she's from and all that kind of good stuff. So let's take it away. Hi, I'm Nancy Conrad, and I'm the founder and the chairman of the Conrad Foundation. And uh, full disclosure, I'm a teacher. Ah. So um, I don't teach in the classroom anymore, but I still teach. I think once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sort of like being a spy, you're always a spy. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes those are the same thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Some occasions. But uh, I've been working on... I guess, transforming, reimagining education really all of my adult life. Hmm. And uh, I'm working on being an adult, so that's a proper, that's a, a, uh, what, a product in process. There you go. uh, About 12 years ago, I I had the good fortune to be married to an incredible man uh, who, his whole legacy, it was such an inspiration to anyone that knew him. He was a, a, a boy that grew up outside of Philadelphia on the main line. And uh, turned out he got expelled from a very ritzy fritzy school. It's a wonderful school. And he had a little problem reading and spelling. He simply didn't know what dyslexia was. Mm-hmm. And they thought he was stupid and couldn't handle the coursework. And so they expelled him. And his mom took him to this little school in upstate New York. And the headmaster at that school saw something in this young man. And about the same time, my husband was learning how to fly. And that makes a difference in the story, which is why I'm sharing it with you. Mm -hmm. So he goes to this little school, and the headmaster sees something, and he takes him under his wing. And he ends up with a scholarship to Princeton, compliments of the Navy and Princeton. Um, He liked to fly. He became an aeronautical engineer. Two reasons, likes to fly, don't have to read or spell. There you go. It was a perfect combination for him. Uh And he went on when he graduated from Princeton to become a test pilot. And when President Kennedy put out the word for a few good men to go to the moon, women didn't go to space in those days. Yes, sir, like to fly, don't care where you go. So Pete ended up four flights in space. He flew Gemini 5, which showed that we be in space for eight days, which was necessary. Gemini 11, which proved rendezvous. And then 
He landed a pinpoint landing on the moon on Apollo 12. Turns out Buzz and Neil were about five, four miles, pardon me, from their landing site, and that could have spoiled their whole day. So NASA decided they would do a pinpoint landing. You got to really think about that because there was nothing to navigate from. Yeah, sure. Did that, and then he went on to fly Skyla, which was his favorite flight. The lab went up first, it was damaged at its launch, and it fell on Eaton and his crew to rescue the lab. It was essentially cooking. One of the solar arrays didn't open. Yeah. Uh, so with some very non-sophisticated equipment, they started yanking on this thing in space. Pete's tied to a tether inside the, the vehicle, and he's yanking at the thing, and it opens up. He said the first thing that went through his mind is he thought it was going to be the first arrow ever launched in space. <laughs> <laughs> it opened up, and there he was just flying backwards. So for the rescue of Skylab, he was awarded a Congressional Space Medal of Honor. Yeah. Pete then retired from the Navy and NASA, and he um, did a short stint in the early days of cable television. The founder of cable was a mutual friend of ours. That's hmm. a whole other story. And then he went back into aviation and aerospace. That was his passion, his love. Mm -hmm. And I think one of those lessons that he shares with all of us is, is to find your passion and to follow your passion. Yes. So Pete ended up working, uh, was at McDonnell Douglas at the time, which of course became Boeing. And he was working on early generation reusable launch vehicles that um, really was the corridor that opened to the commercialization of space. Mm -hmm. And it was flying, it was called the DCX. And in fact, we're coming up on the anniversary of the first flight of the DCX, uh, flying out of White Sands Missile Range. And it was what I would have imagined to be like Pinamunda. I mean, these guys were sitting around till two o'clock in the morning talking about how they were going to get us all from California to Italy in 45 minutes going in low Earth orbit. Well, P.S. Italy just opened a spaceport, so I suspect this could happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I, what Branson Musk and Bezos do today really stands on the shoulders of Pete Conrad, who opened up that opportunity in the conversation he created for companies working in the commercial space sector. And on July 8th of 1999, he jumped on his Harley-Davidson motorcycle um, to do a ride with a bunch of guys that he'd been wanting to do for years and years and years, and they were going up to Laguna Seca to do a motorcycle rally. He loved, he liked machines. It wasn't speed. He loved machines. Yeah. And unfortunately, he didn't come home. Yeah. yeah. So about five years later, I came up for air. I wrote his book, and... Um, it's called Rocket Man. I got a short, funny story with you about that. If I can, if we have time. Sure, sure. So, so after that, I thought, you know, I don't have a PhD, but I do have a GSD. I get stuff done. Yeah. So what am I going to do? <laughs> that is great. So I, I end up taking Pete's legacy of education, innovation, and entrepreneurship. My passion for education, and I push those two pieces together. And we created the Conrad Challenge. So we invite teams of high school students, and I think we started with 20 kids. Uh, we asked them to create commercially viable solutions to big global and local challenges, basically in sustainability. Mm -hmm. This is all social impact. These kids are designing the future. They work in aerospace, energy, cyber, health, 
We're working with the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World. This is our second year with them. So how to keep kids from smoking? Uh-huh. And what do we do with farmers that have built their whole livelihood around tobacco? Sure. And guess what? It's going to be obsolete. And so we're working with them. This is our second year. We've had fantastic things happen. I'll share one of those in a minute, too. And then we're also working with smart technologies. They do an interactive whiteboard. Yes. They're asking our students to reimagine education. What can you do in the classroom? What kind of technologies need to be developed? It's asking students to design education. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So that is, I'm such a fan of that because I think we push education at our students. We don't pull. You know, the stage on the stage and all that, blah, blah, blah. It, it's boring and I don't want to talk about it. But to give the consumer an opportunity mm-hmm. to be part of the development of education systems that are current and productive and exciting to these kids, man, that lights my candle. Yeah. Like, yeah. No yeah. I'm very excited about that. All right, quick story about... Graphic man. Yes. So some years ago, we worked with Pepsi, and a, a gentleman by the name of Derek Yap was the head of their uh, global foods. And Derek is a big figure in World Health Organization. So he's an amazing human being. And uh, Derek was a good friend, and I gave him a copy of Graphic Man. And I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. And about a, two years ago, I get an email from him. Please see and close what I'm doing today, which is the head of the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World. And here's how you came to my mind. He was in at his home and in his library, and his young son Julian walked in, and he looked up at his dad's bookcase, and he said, Daddy, why do you have a book about Kim Jong-un? So we've been working together ever since, and we've done some spectacular work. May I share a story with you about one of our young students that worked in that particular category this year? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, please. This is a young man from Nigeria, and he uh, he and his team is called Neon, created a product, as I mentioned, to work with farmers in Africa, a whole app system so that they could actually manage their farms and the banking and all those pieces. Okay, park that there. Then we have a partnership with a group called Nexus. Are you familiar with Nexus? Yes. Nexus has been a wonderful new partner of ours, and particularly as it relates to judges and subject matter experts, and they invited our students to come to their global conference, which was held in New York. And the opening night was at the UN. So this young man, his name is Alfawabi Williams. He's 12 years old. He stood up on the floor of the UN. There were about 250 people there. And he knocked it right out of them. That is awesome. Oh, did we lose you? I was a prisoner, pause, of my own mind. Mm. I didn't know I could do things until I found the Conrad Challenge and their no-box thinking. And now I know I can do anything. Uh-huh. Well, the place just came down. I mean, he got a standing O. He's so adorable and charismatic, you could just eat this kid up. What's, what's really interesting to me, that story, which I love, 
is the value of this mindset that we help our children to see. There's in-the-box thinking, there's out-of-the-box thinking, and there's no box. What this really does, and the whole competition at the end of the day is, yes, kids get patents, they deploy products, they, they have learned how to learn. Yes. They've learned how to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So learning how to learn and learning how to think, now you can do anything. Yeah. So that's the real takeaway of what we do. Very student-centered. Um, the kids pick their teams. They choose their coach. It has to be an adult. could be a teacher after school, a parent. Um, they pick their topic. They, they create their solution. And then we've devised an online system for them to understand uh, the tools necessary to do innovation and entrepreneurship. And, of course, no surprise, it's called the NoBox Toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of our, our little piece of the world. Um, it's a funnel competition. And we launched on the 24th, I think it is, yes. And it, it's a uh, funnel. And so the kids come in at a very easy um, level with a video and some questions and then they enter in and they begin to write their business plans, market studies, visual representations. Many kids create prototypes. Mm-hmm. And then on the back side of this are subject matter experts and judges that evaluate these students' ideas with a rubric. It's difficult. And the ones that come through are invited to come to our innovation summit, which we hold at Kennedy Space Center. Oh. And the best way I could describe that to you is it's um, Shark Tank meets the Academy Awards for hey, students. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's beyond. These kids become a global community of young innovators. They stick together. We have an alumni association that we work with. We just brought one of our alumni onto our board of directors. And he runs that show. And uh, we have professional development. And... This is, you know, the year that we're going sky high with this. We have been very mindful of the legacy that we carry. And, you know, and I've got my name on it, too. So we wanted to make sure that everything was really, you know, what people would call it, sweet, sweet, clean, and pretty is what he would say. Sweet, clean, and pretty. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And you never go wheels in the well unless you can throttle back appropriately. So we're throttling back this year, and we're going to the moon. And by the way, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. So stand by. Uh, we may have some fun things for you. That's awesome. Very cool. That's really awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the things that um, th- that I think stands out, uh, at least to me, um, is the fact that um, not only do you have this you know particular competition that these students take part in, but the entre- entrepreneurial side of the things they are developing and what really what really grabs me is that you have these students who come together they they have an idea uh, a product they want to come up with a solution uh, for whatever their particular problem is they're trying to solve and they walk away with at least i'm 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 making a huge presumption here. Uh, you can you can follow up with this once I get to my point. Um, but um, but but they, but they walk away with the tools that says that, that say, hey, I, I developed this, yeah. I own this, and right. I a this is now part of my legacy. Even though right. I'm however old I am, twelve years old, 
you know, I already have a legacy and it's something that I can turn around and sell if someone is interested. So we have these young students who are already learning that the learning they are doing and the learning they're taking ownership of can turn around and immediately translate into either money in their pocket or something uh, philip, uh, philanthropic or, I mean, you know, uh, something that they can then turn around and share with the world. Yeah. So, so here's, you know, I talk about there was an educator that took Pete under his wing and mm-hmm. Pete got his moonshot. Yes. That's what we do. We take kids under our wing, they get their moonshot. Now, how that defines for them is how it defines for them. Some of them get patents, some deploy products, some stand on the floor of the UN and blow it out of the water. <laughs> you know, standing O, some go to the White House, some have spoken with me at TED Talks, some have spoken with me at other events, uh, some patents, some don't. Um, and we do have a patent award that's part of our competition. Oh, that's um, nice. There's two very large law firms that students can apply to to get a pro bono path. And then what they do with it, I'll share with you, we have one team um, out of Florida, out of Miami, and they created a low cost, portable water purification system. So they actually did it for Haiti when the earthquake happened, and then it turned out it went across, I think it's in nine countries now. So it's kind of ironic, but it's in a birthing clinic in Nigeria where babies used to, yeah, out in the country in Nigeria, babies mm-hmm. used to come out of the womb washed in dirty water. Yeah, mm, yeah. These kids in Florida, babies are washed in clean water. Yeah. We love that, you know? What these kids do with it is whatever they want to do with it. We recommend that they license it. Uh, that way they keep their IP. I'm not a fan of dropping out of school and going and making a company at the age of 17 or 18. <laughs> right. That's up to them. I'm not their mom. I've done my thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it opens, most importantly, it opens their mind to the possibilities of all the things that they can do. Yes. You know, I'd like to delve into, you know, like you said, Pete said, you know, follow your passion. And that's, that's yeah. every successful person that's their mantra is follow your passion and and, yeah. and they do whatever it takes to get to that you know the, yeah. the ups and the downs and and I, so thinking about the Conrad challenge and what we're a part what we're giving students but I, I was noticing that uh, they get involved um, your your coaches and your educators can we talk about what you provide for those educators those teachers out there so that they can be that one light you know because it, sometimes it just takes three months for a kid to find that one teacher to spark yeah. that passion forever. And I think all of us could tell the story of the one teacher that made a difference. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I have to think about that a little bit. I'm not, mine was actually not till university. Yeah. When I was in graduate yeah. school. Yeah. That's how mine, mine was undergraduate. Yes, I remember. Well, yeah. there yeah. you go. Sometimes you got away a while. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, a, and a kid like Pete, I mean, he start, he's, the first time he was ever in an airplane, he was six years old, and he was just smitten. He understood systems, um, and he was dyslexic. So you have to think about, you know, what that was to be in a thing that you could understand what was going on when you mostly didn't understand anything yeah, else. Sure. And so that lit his candle, as he would say. And, you know, 
The teachers that work with these students are, we also have a Teacher of the Year Award, by the way. That's oh, my cool. award to the teacher. Oh, and they get this really cool, it's like a Buck Rogers rocket thing with this neon thing that spins around and goes <laughs> to the school. That's and cool. it was actually made by Eric Lindbergh, who's the grandson of Charles Lindbergh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so these teachers are as passionate and innovative and, and it really becomes a, um, uh, gosh, I don't know, a, a, um, a scenario of excellence where the students are asked to raise up higher than they ever have been. And guess what? So are the teachers. We, we were just oh talking about expectations. Yes. And, oh. uh, and, we, and, and you know, it's funny. So I think, yeah, the teachers get as pumped up and excited about this as the kids do. We have some teachers that will take their whole classroom and divide it into teams, and then we'll sometimes get 20 teams out of a particular school. Wow. Because they're using this to teach their STEM classes. Yeah, peer pressure and okay. it, it just expectations. You know, it's interesting when you talk about it that Pete found that right educator who didn't label him. And that's that's where we are right now in this country is to stop placing labels on, on children yeah. and and. But we've got to find that perfect teacher, and it sounds like the Conrad Challenge is helping build well, teachers. And you know, we're a vehicle for it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, we we are. You know, I, I worked with a bunch of teachers. I was at a particular event, and our head of education was working with them, and and showing them how the Novox toolbox works. Mm -hmm. And they were going, "We don't get it. We just don't understand." Yeah. No, yeah. What do you want us to do? Well, what do you want to do? Well, we don't know what to do. Is there a test? No, there's no test. Oh, well, we don't know what to do. So by the, when they got, I said, well, what's something in the classroom you'd really like to create something around it to make it better? Oh, leadership. Let's find a way to make leadership better. Okay. So now they could design the whole thing. They try to look at what's the challenge you want to solve. Sure. I don't use the word problem because I think it's kind of negative. So what's the challenge? Mm hmm there's enough challenges out here right now, today, that there should be absolutely no lack of creative imagination for anything you can do, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And what a concept that is in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I love, and I really do, I love that you opt to use the word challenge. I, I would, I, I would challenge using it in a different way <laughs> but I, seriously i would challenge educators who are really um who, who are already doing a lot of pbl to consider perhaps thinking in terms of uh, cbl challenge-based learning mm. versus yeah. problem-based yeah. yeah, project-based right. and even project is less than challenge-based because yeah. project I can make a teacup. That's my project. Right. I can make a t-shirt. That's my project. But when I'm taking styrofoam and turning it into, which is not degradable, into carbon crystals for water purification, right? That's a product. Well, you know, and, yes, and it's yes. and a challenge. Well, and there's <laughs> there's the thing about a challenge. I, I love the word challenge because in every challenge, it in it in uh, turn creates more challenges. So they just continually build off of themselves, mm -hmm. and, and and it's. Yeah. It's wonderful. And some of these kids will come back two, three years at a time because they've tweaked it. Yes. Oh, well, they got it better. They, you know, with this one graduated, the other one comes in. We had a team a couple of years ago. I think it was their third time in the cybersecurity category. 
And uh, they finally won. Oh man, they were so excited. <laughs> they created an awesome product. And, you know, um, I had one call recently with one of them. It's moving along and, you know, it will or it won't. It's, that, it's not even the point that the product goes to market. Right. But don't tell the kids that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the props are, you know, look, we had one of our students that worked with us a few years ago recently. She and her brother created a, a diagnostic app for uh, diagnosing diabetic retinopathy. Okay. Okay. 16 years old. Yeah. I couldn't spell diabetic retinopathy. Yeah. That's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the FDA just approved all this stuff. She got early admission to Harvard. She was here at the Smithsonian in a thing called the Long Conversationalist. Fascinating platform. The Interviewee became the interviewer. She was the last one to be interviewed. She was interviewed by Yo Yo Ma. Oh, wow. It's wow. not a bad day in a 16 no, year old. No, yeah, no, no I'm not saying. At all. <laughs> We've got some spectacular kids doing amazing work. I'm just so proud of all of them. That's awesome. Yeah, well, and well, they're like my kids. Yeah, yeah. We're running. Uh, we're running close out of time, but uh, I want How to. I, so I know it's right. <laughs> can you believe? Can you believe that's a, that twenty minutes flew right by? So we're. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: we've got to do. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to um, the Conrad Challenge. So if you if you are listening right now, definitely want to visit the site conradchallenge.org. Um, just go right. to Google, tap it in. You're going to find it. Uh, just look up Pete Conrad, and you're going to find it. And don't don't forget about. Uh, so, what's another great way? Are you guys on Twitter and all that kind of We're good stuff? We're on Twitter. We're at Conrad Challenge. Oh, and check out our new logo. We're in love with it. Uh huh. And Facebook. <laughs> We're at Conrad Challenge. And on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel, Conrad Spirit of Innovation Challenge. Awesome. 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 Okay. We open registration on Friday the 24th. Okay. Friday the 24th of this. Oh, that's, that's coming up next week. That's coming up. So it will close October 19th and then the investor pitch submissions are due November 2nd. And then we will have our big event at Kennedy Space Center the 24th to 27th of April. You guys should come. Uh, that would be awesome. We we are gonna. We will talk. We would love to be there. Yeah, we'd love to be there. We would love to be there. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, well, thank you for coming on the show. It'd be great and, fun, and you can interview the kids. Oh, oh, that'd be great. That's one of our fortes. We love to. We love to talk to kids. Yes, ma'am. Um, what can I say? One fast. Hello there. I'm Jerry Prince with East with this week's East update. If there's a knock at the door or the ring of the phone, and on the other end or other side is someone younger, a student, you possibly have first impressions even before speaking to them. You possibly could even wonder what they're selling or what do they want. You might even jump to the defensive, already looking for a way to say, no thanks kid. For students, getting clients or possible partners to give serious consideration is a challenge. This concept recently entered into the conversation we were having with students from McCrory High School. Kinley is a senior there heading into her second year with East. One of their projects is R-Cubed, renovating, renewing, and reviving, with the focus on updating their softball complex. Kinley mentions one of the challenges they had early on in working on this project. It's been working pretty good. The main problems we've had is 
um, people from like our clients that we work with, they're not necessarily getting their stuff done. So it makes our job a lot harder. So those are some of the problems we've had. The McCrory softball team went 22 and four overall last year, 13 and three in conference. Kenley says the team's hard work and dedication is certainly evident in their record, and they wanted the updates to their film to be a recognition and reward to their work as well. Some of the challenge in working with adults could be due to the fact that they just started East last year, and though things may have started a bit rough, they've gotten much better. Usually working with adults, they kind of actually take us a lot more seriously just because we are in East and they understand what we're doing, so it's not as hard as it may seem, but it's definitely different. We'd like to add that things truly have gone well. McCrory High School East facilitator Heather Height is one of two East facilitators nominated for Arkansas Teacher of the Year. Congratulations to Heather and special thanks to Kenley for sharing some comments on their first year of East. If you're interested in learning more about East, please visit eastinitiative.org or just search for East Initiative on social media. Our student composer this week is Josh from Magnolia High School. His featured work, Night's Duet with the Tides. With the East Update, I'm Jerry Prince. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to Jerry Prince and uh, all of the folks over at the East Initiative for providing this week's update. And what an incredible interview with Nancy Conrad. That was yeah. awesome. Wow, it's the stuff of dreams, really. I, I, I just had a blast. I don't know about you, but it was a really uh, cool. it, it's and you know It's funny, when we first connected with her, um, we didn't realize what her connection was to, you know, Conrad and the space program and, yeah, and what yeah. have you. And so she starts telling you stories and we're like, wait a minute, Google that real quick. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, I knew. It yeah, was exactly. About. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 But the, the Conrad challenge, what a cool thing. And, oh, uh, you know, I was, we were talking, you know, off air about, you know, East and the Conrad challenge being yes. East hookup. That'd be a really cool partnership right there. So maybe it'll happen. Maybe so. And, and uh, as I mentioned during the interview, I really do think it is awesome that we have programs like that that are showing students that the stuff they're learning in school can translate directly and immediately into entrepreneurial ventures. Endeavors, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Entrepreneurial endeavors. Endeavors. Yeah, good word. Thank you. Well, I'll keep that in copyright Jeff Madlock. <laughs> Not to be outside you know. of Jeff Madlock. <laughs> Everybody's going, who? Yeah. Yeah. What? You know, and with that, it's been a great show. It has been, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, thanks guys. for listening. And we hope you tune in to some more. Check us out on SoundCloud. Listen to all the shows and keep up with us. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program are those of the participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the B Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of high-performance leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand-new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Cafele, 
Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.